Tuning into the Rad Podcast. It's episode 155. I'm producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Don Show. Next week is spring break, and while I'll be leaving you without a fresh episode next week, I wanted to leave off on a positive, uplifting note in this episode. If you've been following along with the Rad Podcast in 2021, you're aware of the life changes that I've been moaning and groaning over for the last many months. While divorce, separation, and mindfulness of mental health have been a major focus, it has also created an open forum of truth for your truth for my truth and being able to live in truth has granted access to some amazing connections, encounters, and new friendships to occur, as well as fostering the relationships with the old friends. What's more, my situation seems to be resonating with so many people who are either going through similar circumstances or have gone through them in the past. I'm getting all of your messages and all of your emails. I am eternally grateful for the outpouring of love and support from each and every one of you. You all play a role in the healing I'm going through right now, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Just for an example, I've got this email here from Jenny uh, that she sent into the Rad Podcast. Hi, Brandon. I'm a diehard fan of the Rad Show, and I love your podcast. Well, thank you. Over the last six months, I've found myself occupied with distance learning, my two crumb crunchers, and frequently feeling a need to disconnect more frequently from the real world. I've listened enough to stay appraised of what you've shared about your personal life, but I've gotten very behind on your podcast. You recently decided to inflict more self-punishment and try to sell our house. So because of the hours of labor and cleaning that this undertaking requires, I've had more chances to listen and I'm hearing months of back episodes of your podcast. My podcast player is nifty. It seems to take a great joy in shuffling the chronological order of the episodes. While this was a nuisance at first, it's given me a unique insight. It is palpable. I can literally feel it in my soul. How much better you are doing. I can tell if I'm listening to a more recently, a more recent episode or one that's from a while back. It's not even your tone of voice, which is distinctly different. I can feel through an audio recording being blasted in my brain through a plastic earbud that you are just doing better. You've inspired me to continue to push through a moderate moderate case of 2020 depression. It's real. I had felt the need to make some changes and was enjoying the feeling from the small changes I was starting to make. Then, like a 90-year-old grandmother, I fell and injured myself pretty badly while dancing to Justin Timberlake with my six-year-old. And I slipped a little further back into depression because I couldn't run for a while, and that was really helping me. I just wanted to thank you for the blast of hope and drive and desire I'm feeling now after listening to you talk to Brent and Melissa about self-care. For the first time in a long time, I feel like I want to properly care for myself, and I'm so thankful for the hope you brought to me just by being you. Jennifer. Thank you so much. I I appreciate responses like that. And that seems to be a uh, resounding opinion uh, amongst a lot of the the people in my circle and also the the people who support what I do. So I'm so grateful that my change of mindset and my my healing has had a positive impact and that it's also reflected in a positive way because I know that I was not in the best place last year. Um, I was not in the best place just a couple of weeks ago, but some things changed and I've since released myself of the burden of resentment and hate and I, I'm starting to really focus on loving who I am and, and like uh, like Jenny said, that it, it's given me that uh, that that feeling like I need to take care of myself 
And it's just something that I've neglected for so long. So not anymore. And my cup is going to spilleth over into y'all's cups and uh, let the spilling begin because it is rare when you meet someone whom you hit it off with right away. Almost like you've known this person in a past life. This very thing happened to me recently and the individual and the chance meeting at a dog park ended up being instrumental in reminding me that we are all worthy of friendship and good people in our lives who want nothing more than to share their energy with you. This individual is a graphic artist out of San Francisco, a co-host of a brand new prod, a podcast, not a broadcast, centered around astrology, is a spiritual pioneer and all around beautiful soul and an owner of an adorable Basenji puppy named Bibi. His name is Shaheen Korshidian. This pandemic has taught me one thing, it is that you are not immune to losing your social skills due to lack of human interaction. Guilty as charged right here. I decided to subject Shaheen to being a guest on the podcast as part of our first conversation after meeting at a dog park weeks ago. Witness how graceful Shaheen is as I struggle to maintain focus due to my awkwardness. 7M45. Oh, hello. There you are. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you great. Excellent. I'm jealous. I want a mic set up immediately. <laughs> yeah, I, I got kind of lucky. I, I piggyback on the radio show that I do to get all this equipment, which is which is kind of nice. That is nice. Yeah. My, actually, my coworkers recently said that my new job that I just took on, uh, part of it involves training clients, so they recommended that I get a mic. And I was like, yeah. I should totally get a mic for that, not for other reasons. <laughs> there you go. Hey, <laughs> perks of the job. Yeah. Um, so thank you for doing this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Got some sort of, I think it's the al allergies are kicking my ass this year. Or do you yeah, yeah. Do you suffer from that? I have the worst allergies. I have this thing in my, I think that I have terrible allergies in California because my bloodline for thousands of years has been in Iran. Oh. <laughs> so all of the dust and pollen in America is just fully new to my, my body type. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I'm going to struggle to get through this, um, but I do have a ice cold beverage. Oh, nice. Me too. I got a beer. I asked my oh. roommate for a beer. Smart, smart. Yeah. Allergies actually in San Francisco have gotten much better because the air pushes all this moisture and breeze from the bay out. Um, so when I go to Sacramento, I feel it a lot. Yeah, it, it's it's the city of trees and it's just yeah. all <laughs> it's just over the place. Dust. It's like a big valley where all this dust settles. Yeah. I, I saw this 3D map of a California like California's 3D um, topography or something. And the middle where Sacramento is, all of this huge valley, you see it. And all you think, all I thought of was like, oh, that's why I have allergies. Yeah. Because all the dust just goes right there. It's just a dust bowl. Yep. Okay. So um, before we get started, is there anything um, off limits as far as, you know, I, I want to kind of talk about everything because a lot of the audience is going to get to know you as at the same time as, as me. So yeah. um, I figure we can lay out the, the, the groundwork of how we got here basically. And then we can plug your uh, podcast first. And I, I have some, you know, things to we, we can banter about that as well, which cool. I, I listened to the second episode today. It was great. You like it? Yeah, it was good. I, I, I we'll, we'll talk more about it, but I just want, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's a, it's a cool way to normalize the conversation without it being like too, 
petty or too yeah too woo woo (laughs) let me like outline my life just so you can be aware um my work is totally up for grabs happy to talk about any of it including my huge struggles that i had in 2019 i'm open to that um friendships and family um i should just prep you that like in i feel like i kind of lightly mentioned it in 2019 I lost one of my closest friends and then another friend of mine died and 20, there's just like some drama that happened in 2019 and um, totally open to talking about that too. I have no hangups. Um, my family, I'm bisexual and my sexuality is like something that I'm really comfortable sharing to the public, but my parents have recently actually just pointed out that they have some questions, some questions questions that cause fear in their hearts. And so I'm happy to talk about any of that. I have no problems with it, but I felt like I should just mention it. And what else matters in life? Excuse me. I'm learning how to be a producer. I'm not one (laughs) at all, but like, yeah, you see, listen to two episodes I cut together in Ableton and I'm figuring it out. I'm I'm kind of understanding when I should not talk over people and with small things like that. There's there's an interesting conversation that we can have about that. That's something that we as a radio show, that's one of those things is cadence and timing and finding out how to transition from one to the other. Um, it's absolutely, it's something that as a producer, you, you're going to like pay attention to all those little tiny details and go crazy over because it's just, an yeah. obs- it turns into an obsessive type of deal. I learned so much about the way I talk. I nervous laugh way too often. I say, um, <laughs> a lot, but I'm not actually, I'm fine with the ums. I'm way more aware of the, the, I don't knows and the, the, I, I do this thing where I interrupt people very politely and I need to stop doing that. I need to just interrupt and be okay with it. But I do this thing where I'm like, Oh, that's very interesting because, or, or that's funny because, or whatever. And it, maybe it doesn't bother anyone. Maybe it's helping the conversation. But when I hear it recorded over and over again, I'm hyper aware. Yeah. And I honestly, that's one of those things that could drive one person absolutely crazy. There's like a, there's a certain cadence in the, in the way that people's inflections go. And when they do all this go down and then back up again, and then it kind of makes things interesting. And it's like a muscle. You got to learn it. You got to hear yeah. it. You got to be aware I'm of it. So- I'm so monotone and like dry sometimes, but um, people say I got personality. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. My audio like coming through. Okay. Is it muffled or echoey? No, it is not muffled or echoey. Um, What are you, what are you using? Just like one of those tabletop USB mics or. I, I have. So I just did this test the other day where I tested hearing my audio from my headphones and from my computer and from my monitor and from, uh, this little, just like simple Samsung little microphone that's for for USB plugins on computers. Mm-hmm. All of them worked way worse than just the audio on my MacBook. So I'm just using my MacBook. There's a really simple setup that you could get that's, you know, get a USB interface and a, a solid studio mic. I would actually recommend one of these, but it just depends on your price point. I um, want to spend a lot. <laughs> don't tell my partner that, but I want to just get the best thing so I don't have to later a year from now i'm gonna buy the best thing so i might as well just get the best thing now i don't want to spend twice that's where my mind is on that That, no that's smart set yourself up for success because then you you're basically set up for whatever project you might want to do with that you know the beefy system shaheen we met at a dog park about what two three weeks ago two weeks yeah three two yeah ish and it, it was it was weird i mean it was weird because it just 
It was weird. It was weird. But... You don't meet people and then decide after 30 minutes <laughs> that you knew each other in a past life. That's, I mean, even for me, that's something that many of my friends would be like, oh, yeah, he would do that. But I haven't done that before. So, uh, yeah, it was weird. Now, when a lot of people hear this, they're they're going to they're gonna think, wait, you guys lived, you experienced each other in past lives? What kind of mumbo jumbo is this? Well, this is actually kind of the reason why uh, we're, we're here today is because we connected on a level that normal people don't connect on on a regular basis and i hope more do yes i I agree and i think it's happening a lot more frequently lately but uh, shaheen you're a co-host of a podcast called reality woo woo that's out now it's it's uh very young and your uh your your partner dan danya danya yes (laughs) and uh, you guys have created this whole world of astrology and you've normalized the conversation between two uh, would you consider yourself an astrologist? Oh, that's a good question. No, I guess not. I'm just really, you know, when I, when I talk about astrology with people, I actually, I love to start off by saying, yeah, it's just a bunch of pseudoscience bullshit anyways, because I like to gain credibility with people who are not interested. <laughs> and I still, I believe that I, I think like there's a, there's a yes and a no to it. I, I personally really vibe with it because it's a way to categorize people and to understand personality types, whether it's true that you act this way or not. I at least know that there are archetypes to kind of take in. I was going to um, No, I wouldn't call myself an astrologist at all or astrologer. I don't follow the stars. I, I'm really interested in personality types that come from it. The way that you to discuss astrology in the podcast reality, woo woo, it's almost like you know almost everything there is to know about each sign, at least the basics enough to to talk over my head sometimes, only because I I just don't know each sign's uh, uh, characteristics fluently. I couldn't just say, oh, a Taurus has these attributes or a Gemini has these attributes and these two are the air and the earth. And, you know, so I'm still so new to this and I'm, at, I'm glad that you brought up uh, how you would bring this up to skeptics that you want to get right in there with with that type of attitude so that you can at least get everybody included in the conversation you know it's funny that just this morning uh, a coworker of mine sent me this meme or a, or some I, I actually couldn't see it it was hidden but they sent me a thing on instagram and it said something like people who are interested in astrology had a hard time connecting with other people growing up and that's why they follow this kind of weird woo-woo stuff to kind of understand society better. And she was like, is this true? And I, I went off. I was, I said, yes, that's completely true. I grew up with parents who are immigrants. They moved here from Iran in the seventies. Um, that that's, that says a lot about a person at all, just without even, I grew up with parents who grew up in a different country as me. I grew up as an American all entitled and shit. They grew up as an Iranian, all scared of the government and shit. And they came over here. Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. Um, they came over here and they were like, you know, I want to have this perfect idealized American dream lifestyle. Um, I want to have a, uh, uh, maybe we should name our kids like American Christian names. They almost wanted to name me Christian or Matthew. And Matthew ended up being my middle name at the last minute. So my name is Shaheen. Matthew Korshidian, which is a mouthful and kind of weird, but 
<laughs> it just reflects, you know, their mindset when they were coming here. And at the last minute, my dad was like, no, I like the name Shaheen. It's, it's like a soccer club that I really liked in, in Iran. Oh, that's cool. But I, to answer your question, that goes back to the personality stuff is something that I, I needed a lot of growing up because my parents would take me to their friend's house and they would all be speaking Farsi for the entire night and I didn't speak Farsi so I would have a hard time connecting with them and then they would ask me to go play with the kids who either spoke Farsi or English but I just I was asked to be a certain way at, in different kind of settings and eventually I needed to kind of find my own way and astrology is one of many things that I'm interested in in terms of like personality development and personality types like Myers-Briggs is cool um, there's this new one called, uh, it's called Clifton Strengths. They'll, they'll categorize, they categorize like 38 different types of like, um, mental DNA and, and, and there's 38 types for everyone, but people have different priorities of these different kind of things in their life. Like I'm a very strategic person, but for another person, strategic might be way down the list or whatever. I learned about astrology in like college. In college, I was really trying to understand this. I was in such a bubble in Sacramento growing up. I was in Granite Bay, mm. even smaller bubble within a bubble. And when I went to college, there's people from all over the world, all over the country, and all different types of demographics and beliefs and ideologies. And that was another way that I connected with all these different people. We would bond over the fact that this person's a Leo. And I didn't know anything about astrology when I was really, in, when I was getting started. But the more people I met, the more knowledge I would gain, I'd be like, oh, is that what Leos are like? And then the more it would happen, I'd be like, yes, that's what Leos are like. Mm -hmm. Or or maybe it's the semantics kind of shifted. So you are a Taurus? Yes, I'm a Taurus. I was and, born May 18th. Awesome. And so I, I'm an Aries, uh, yes. April 8th, which is right around the corner. Woo. Um, the, oh yeah! Happy birthday coming up! Thank you. And the uh, the first two episodes of Reality Woo Woo just so happened to be about Aries and Taurus, yes. and so I thought that was perfect, uh, perfect uh, you know lead into to what we're doing today. So, um, and you were kind enough to after this uh, dog park encounter, which we should probably expand on that a little bit, just to yeah. lay the, lay the groundwork just a little bit. We show up at this dog park at the same exact time. We basically meet at the gate. The same exact time. It's right after I, I got off the show. I walked around because I was trying to not show up at the exact same time as you. <laughs> you do like that awkward thing. Anyway. I was like, who's that guy? I don't want to like open the gate for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it ended up being that that anyway. And um, yeah. <laughs> we just started talking like it was we, we saw each other yesterday. Frankly, when I go to dog parks, when I go out at all with my dog, I'm really antisocial. Yeah, I, I put on my headphones and I try and avoid people and I... I, um, I have no interest in people coming up and asking what my dog, my dog's adorable. She's fucking the most precious thing in the world. Everyone sees her and they're like, I want to eat that. Um, <laughs> and so I have learned to kind of distance myself from strangers a little bit more, but for some reason, I don't know what it was with you. We walked in and I, we started chatting. I was like, yeah, I'm glad. The only thing I remember bringing up was like, I'm glad that someone else with the dog is here. Cause this is an empty park and my dog doesn't do anything if there's no dogs around. Mm -hmm. Um, very quickly, though, you're, we started talking about, or I started ranting at you, I guess, about, I don't know what. Um, but then I, how did we kind of get onto that topic? You know, I showed I, you my tattoo, but I, I don't want to jump into it. <laughs> no, I honestly, 
it, it, it happened so fast. Uh, so yeah, basically, back on it, I have no idea. No, it's okay. It, it basically, we we uh, we start talking about COVID and the fact that you are visiting from San Francisco, and we it's were so weird. And, yeah, exactly. You're visiting Sacramento from from Frisco for for you know on a family. Tuesday. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it was perfect. So we yeah. uh, we we led into um, how we are basically as a as a uh, society, maybe even as a on a global level, a lot of people are seem to be waking up and becoming more aware mm. of their yeah. of their um, effect on their surroundings, and um, it, it just led to us feeling like to be, be that we're more of the awoken ones. Not to say that we're any better than anybody else, no, but it, it's almost just a, an awareness, um, yeah. and, a vibrational kind of pattern. That's just, that I would kind of remember now right. the, the woo woo stuff I was talking about. Yeah, I was saying something about how the world as a whole because of 2020 maybe is where we kind of got into this little where over the past like couple of years i've kind of been in a really good headspace because before 2020 i was in really the worst headspace of my life i've never been so down and depressed in my life um but because of that i was really prepared for i guess in a way i was never no one's prepared for 2020 what happened but the the process of that year going downhill made me just kind of go well well can't get any worse every time it got worse i was like can't get any worse <laughs> and i was i was prepared mentally for you know staying indoors and meditating and doing yoga and training my dog um so we were i think kind of talking about that and kind of like our own different relationships with um the privacy that the world forced upon us and um and then i was talking about stuff that i don't like to bring up with other people but i i, I think i said it a few times so i was like um well I, this is a little bit too much but like i lost one of my closest friends we we got in this huge fight and and um i got this tattoo with him and and it's something cool about this tattoo which is way too out there for you i'm sure and i was explaining how the shape of my tattoo is the symbol that spartan shields had on um uh, the spartan shield is just a circle with a little triangle at the bottom pretty much mm -hmm. and it's a very specific symbol it's not um it's, it's not just a common symbol it's very specific it's like a peace sign without the line in the middle right <laughs> um, and and i showed i was i was showing you that and i was explaining to you like why we have the symbol and how me and my friend have this huge connection with um you know we knew each other in a past life and and how I think that this is a symbol for us in Sparta and how we must have known each other. And then I explained how my other close friend, Chance, she her name is Chance. Uh, she lives in New York. She she also has a symbol like that on her hand, on her other hand, on her thumb. And it was coincidence. She didn't get it because of us. She just has it. And I, I noticed it like a year or two after she got it. I was like, oh, that's the same symbol that I have on my hand. Maybe we knew each other in Sparta. And so I was explaining this and you were actually pretty silent while I was explaining this. You were just kind of absorbing like, hmm, interesting. And I, from my end, I was like, I don't know if this guy thinks I'm crazy <laughs> or what, but I'm just going to keep talking because I'm in Sacramento. Who cares? And you <laughs> like so openly were, were like, no, this is wild that you're saying this. Show me your tattoo. And, and you show that you were like feeling as touched about it as I was. And that was, it's always a moment for me when I connect with other people on that level where where we where we don't know what to do with this information it's not very tangible it's very out there um but it feels real something about it felt very real um and i you know 
it, it was reciprocated. That was the thing that felt really nice was that it wasn't just me yelling astrology at someone. Right. No. And it's so hard to verbalize a lot of the time just to come up with the vocabulary to explain what mm. it is that you're experiencing or or how to connect those those dots. But as you were describing those tattoos, I didn't have to look at mine to go up. Oh, I have yeah. one, too. And so I was just, that's what that's why I was so silent. I was just waiting to be like, oh, me too. Look, see, it's right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's just, it was a cool, you know, whether or not it, it's Sparta, you know, symbols mean so many different things uh, that have been interpreted so many different ways over the years. But if it is some sort of connection, then yeah. how how cool that, you know, our, our, a soul tribe yeah, can, can find themselves again. Yeah. Like on one hand, I, you know, I like to say the, the pseudoscience, but I also know everything about astrology with stuff like this. I like to, I like to, um, Think of it both ways. I like to say, yes, what if there are like 30 other soldiers out there who also have that tattoo and are also waiting for us? And we were all a part of this um, like group of some sort. Or maybe we weren't even a soldier. Maybe we were all the wives and we all just wanted to be, I don't know, whatever the case. Right. Um, but then on the other side of that, maybe it's just two people who are really interested in hanging out or like meeting something new in our lives. And, and we both were really open to that and whatever the case is, we happen to stumble upon that. Yeah. And I, I, I want to make sure to point out that this isn't some sort of self aggrandizing, like, yeah. you know, we, we are the chosen ones. We are the indigo children. We're here to, well, you know, maybe a, little bit. maybe a little bit, just to raise <laughs> the vibration a little bit and make humanity a little better, you know, yeah. maybe helping. It's interesting that you say that, you know, 2019 was an awful year for you, probably one of the hardest years of your life because equally it was the same for me. So it could very well be that you just find two people who are, have been broken and you can recognize yeah. that in some, in, in somebody else's eyes, you know? Maybe. Yeah. It makes me feel nice and seen. <laughs> right. And it, there's a way that you could, you could just see things in people's eyes. You know, you, yeah. you could tell if they're totally just that, a little yeah. bit more hardened, they've seen some shit, you know, <laughs> and then there's the, you know, the whimsical, innocent, like big old shiny bright eyes. Just, yeah. just, just so fascinated with the world. Oh um, yeah. If you met me in 2018, I would have just been, <laughs> My eyes were just glossed over with idealism <laughs> everywhere, every which way. I would have been talking to you and not realized whether or not you heard it. <laughs> it's it, it's it's a it's a trip when you go through life and you go through these situations. And I got to be honest, I was at one of my lowest moments, even leading up to the the day that we met. But I walked away from that dog park after we talked for about with thirty minutes or so, and and I walked away feeling completely completely different. Like my, my mood changed a complete 180. I, I was, I felt hopeless. I felt lost. I didn't have any direction on how I wanted to proceed in, uh, in a particular situation with my, uh, with a previous long-term relationship, because that's, that's kind of what was surrounding all of 2019. You know, when the yeah. world comes crashing down, it's, it's so weird and hard to find your way. And it almost feels like you're lost or that you don't feel worthy of, of being accepted by others, like your damaged yeah. goods. And, it's all it's the worst. And it, when you define yourself by a, like a relationship that you're in and, and the way that they make you feel, that's the thing that like sucks the most. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, that's true. That feeling, that emotion, that connection that, that was made that day helped me find closure for the past and it was so just glad. it was so, so cool and I, I meet you exactly halfway with that too like what I, I i left that meeting 
that encounter with you. Um, and I told so many people about it. I was like, I just had this great moment with this stranger. <laughs> and I think that we're friends now. I think that we're going to like talk more. And it was something that I fully needed to. And I didn't know that I was, um, I didn't know that I was also putting myself in a position to, to receive that. Um, like while you might've not been asking for a person to come through and give you hope, I gave it to you anyways. And <laughs> I wasn't asking for a person to come through and, uh, you know, offer their friendship and their, um, insight and their podcast, but I got that also. And I fully needed it. I didn't know that I was asking for it, but maybe a part of me did. It's really cool. And, and that just to, to be perfectly clear, I think that some people might be wondering, oh, an encounter in the park, huh? Some grinder action. Yeah, not, not, none of that happened. None of that happened. No. Good old ha wholesome family fun. It's a family show, oh, people. During Come the on. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Shaheen, how old are you? I'm 30. And you have been a San Francisco resident for how long? Uh, I was born in San Francisco by coincidence. I grew up in Livermore across the Bay, but for whatever reason, that night that I was uh, pushing on my mom's <laughs> everything, um, <laughs> all the hospitals in Livermore had full beds. I, I still don't to this day understand what that means, but they had to drive 30 minutes over the over the bridge to San, San Francisco. And so I was born in the Kaiser on Geary. I, since then, have moved to Sacramento. I lived there for like the latter half of my teens. And then I moved back to San Francisco in college, for college, and I stayed here for work. So to answer your question, I've been here 11 years-ish. And do you like it there? I love it. Um, strange story. Two days ago, I decided I wanted to move to Sacramento. No way. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I was just two days ago, too. I... I, I've been thinking a lot about it and how I want to live alone now. I live with two roommates now, um, and I love my house. is amazing. My house is the special hidden gem on Haight-Ashbury. We have this beautiful, huge garden with two ponds. Um, my, like, my room is huge and amazing. Their rooms are huge and amazing. We have this gorgeous kitchen. It's just unheard of to find a house like this in San Francisco, especially on Haight-Ashbury. Um, but I was thinking now that I want to move out, I'm 30. I want to live alone. I want to like invite people over when I want to and not have to worry about the quarantine. Um, and in in that decision, I was looking around at different houses in San Francisco and realizing that I would have to spend so goddamn much money on rent that I could also be spending that on a mortgage. And if I do that in Sacramento, Maybe in a couple of years I can move again and rent that place out. And I'm just thinking logically a lot. Mm -hmm. So a few days ago, I, I messaged my parents and I was like, you guys, I think I might want to buy a house in Sacramento. <laughs> I don't know where or how or what. I'm still all over the place. I'm looking at places in San Francisco. I'm looking at places in Oregon. I'm looking at places in Denver. But I think that it's going to be Sacramento. And yeah. Well, cool. I mean, the the housing market here is in this area, in the Sacramento area, is just crazy. I mean, you're in uh, graphic design. Yeah, I do. So we work. At, I work for Butcher Shop. It's a creative agency in San Francisco. Um, we are. It's weird saying in San Francisco now. We have off. We have no offices, but we have an office in Mexico because we just acquired a Mexican uh, development firm. We have coworkers in Chicago and New York and Germany, all over really. Um, but that being said, we don't have an office here, so I'm not really held down here as much anymore. And we've actually been talking a lot about 
purchasing or renting out apartment offices where maybe you want to fly into New York with the coworker and workshop on stuff and then stay mm-hmm. there for the night or yeah. something like that. So um, we're talking a lot about a, diff- a lot of different ways that it can go. I was for the past four and a half years, five years, I was a designer and I focused a lot on creative ideation of stuff like i would come up with the logo and the color palette and the system of typography or whatever for a brand but now my job is a brand asset manager i like to call it bam <laughs> and and uh what i do doesn't, doesn't is, emerald have like a patent on that though <laughs> yeah i don't know well my hashtag is bam right oh nice like there you go. i haven't actually hashtagged at all but i like the <laughs> the branding theme of it bam right you have to say it like that <laughs> I put together digital style guides so that a designer knows what to do with a logo and colors, but marketing teams don't necessarily know. And so sometimes a big gap in the work that we give clients, a big gap in any creative agency's work is that you have to teach people how to use it um, because it takes good taste to make good work. Um, So what my job is, is to pretty much simplify and make things really digestible for non-designers and kind of teach people how to use the stuff that um, they're going to have to use to create campaigns and all sorts of different stuff. That is so far beyond my scope of, of I know, I'm ability. trying to like not use so many buzzwords. <laughs> no, no, but honestly, not, just the way that you're describing the, the magnitude of having to teach people things, mm-hmm. large groups of people, I can barely teach one person things. Like I, I, we just brought on a, a new guy, uh, his name's Kyle, to be, he's basically my protege. He's, he's my, oh, Kyle. Oh, he's the best. He, he's, <laughs> it's, it's so hard to teach the things that I've acquired over yeah. just experience. I'm terrible at writing guidelines or protocol. <laughs> there, like, I have to basically hope that I describe it well enough and show it well enough because I can't just go and, you know, put all of the info that I, I want by osmosis or whatever. I um, love it. I love it. I'm so good at it. It's so weird how people over for years too, people would be like, but you're a designer and you paint. Like, I don't know if you've seen actually my paintings. I'm a real, I paint realistic portraits. Some of them are on Instagram. Yeah. Do you know I'm an artist? (laughs) I actually like that question. (laughs) I couldn't tell. I'm like a really incredible painter. Just frankly, I'm just being fully honest. I I know you're humble too. No, not really. Um, (laughs) Not with painting. I, I know how to paint That's and I, awesome. I've learned actually being humble kind of like lets people take advantage of me. And when I'm when, in my painting world, I'm more Kanye about it. I'm more like, go away from me. I know how to paint. Right. <laughs> um, but <laughs> to that, that being said, people some, for a while were like, why do you want to do more project managery kind of operational protocol stuff? You, you're so creative. And I would be like, no, I'm, I'm really good at creating, but like I'm a... What I think that I take advantage of is my vision. I I have a vision, but I don't know how to hone it in. I need to work on that vision more. But what I'm good at is making sense of things. Um, hmm. uh, and, and what I need to do more of, I, what I feel good about doing in my work is making sense of things for others. So while I'm figuring out how to navigate what my vision is, what my artistic perspective is, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, while I'm figuring that out, I'm able to at least help others 
help business centric people who mm-hmm. don't know shit about colors and arts and stuff like that. I can use my knowledge for that and, and allow them to make better business decisions that also are tied to beautiful things. So in, in the episode, the latest episode of reality, woo woo, where you're going over your sign Taurus, um, mm-hmm. you describe yourself as somebody who finds great joy in the security in what you do and the fact that you can provide for yourself using your your skill set and your talents that that brings you a sense of uh, oneness wholeness it makes me feel really good to be super clear and objective it makes me feel good cuz subjective stuff is uh i don't know actually that's a good question it makes me like I need to like dwell on that tonight. Why do I like objective things so much? Why do I, I like it when people don't argue. Right. <laughs> I like it when people are like, oh, I understand. And I don't like it when people are like, what? How do I? <laughs> That's just, I guess, the simple way of saying it. Well, it's interesting because you, you're, you're thriving off of these things that I just frankly don't. I just, yeah. I'm such an abstract, like throw everything at the wall. Like, let's just do this. I just want to, I just want to get in and get dirty and just do the Very thing. Very easy kind of thing. Oh to do. my God. I, and, and that's the thing is, you know, I don't really know much about the other attributes of other signs, but I do know that I'm pretty much an Aries to the T, mm-hmm. um, but I don't like use it as gospel. And, and it's, it's like, kind of like you were saying earlier, it's just, it's one of the many tools in the toolbox to navigate how we interact as, as humans. Yeah. Like I have a coworker who is an Aries and he is way more creative. Um, I, I don't know how to say that actually. He's really good at coming up with ideas that are different and also kind of familiar, expected in a good way, mm-hmm. like not predictable, but uh, approachable. And he's an Aries. He, he knows how to just like throw ideas out there. I'm not like that. I'm more like, you know, if I have three different concepts that I have to show a client, I'll, I'll have these three different ideas and I want each idea to be the most perfect idea that I could possibly be. And I over-engineer each idea. And at the end, the client's just going to pick one of them. So I just wasted a whole bunch of hours trying to make these other two ideas amazing. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out how to just loosen up on the ideation phase. And But I also, I guess I don't because now my new job is to just like, get her done. <laughs> this is done. So this is done. Let's put the done in the done pile and let's get the other stuff over there because it's not done. <laughs> so you, you got a pretty tight schedule. You're, you're, you're doing this, uh, you're working for butcher shop and then you're, you're doing your art and you're also a podcaster. So how do you manage to, to find all this time? Well, I, uh, Adderall helps. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I was thinking about this a lot, actually, in t- 2019 when I was like really down. Um, you know, I've gone through really terrible down phases where I was I was playing games on my phone for hours a night and, and knowing that that was a waste of time. And and I would, um, you know, I, w- I would smoke a lot. of I smoke a lot of weed. I love weed a lot. Um, if my parents listen to this. Y'all know now. Um, <laughs> Are you outing I, yourself here? Like, yes, I, <laughs> I don't know. They know that I've smoked, but I, I've never said to them, I smoke a lot of weed. So now I've said it twice. All right. Um, but I do, and I love it. And it calms me down. And and I, I actually think that that's because innately I have this kind of restlessness that needs to constantly create. And I don't know why, where it comes from. 
you know, when I was a kid, I would always draw in my odd off hours, like whatever that means when you're a kid, all of, all of life. <laughs> when you're not hours. at school. Yeah. When I'm not at school, I remember like sitting on my bed and drawing for like hours and I, I would never do that now. I would never, I don't even like drawing at all. I don't like sketching. I like creating masterpieces. That really? Yeah. I don't like kind of like stretching my creative wings as much as I like finalizing stuff. Do you feel um, like that's because of that? That's just coming with age and you feel like you need to focus your energy on what, like, you know, the, the important things and it's maybe a waste yeah. of energy or is it a, well, there's not enough time to doodle. I guess I just don't see the point of doodling. Like I have some really nice, cool drawings that I made in my iPad pro with the pencil, but I just like, what's the point? If I draw Willow Smith, I drew her really well. It looks great. Yeah. Is she going to care? Am I going to get a job from it? And is anyone like more than 40 likes going to happen? I don't know. I don't know how many likes are on that photo, but it just feels kind of like, um, like, what am I doing with this? But if I create something that is huge and tangible that I, I consider a masterpiece is my word for it, then it feels like I'm using that, um, that energy that I have in a way that's more pointed and purposeful and to satisfy me purposeful. Yeah. I, I, so I'm asking that as a musician because mm. one of, one of the practices that I've put aside as I've excelled at my career and, and have had life, life stuff happen. I've mm. put that to the, to the side and I, I want to get back into it, but I also feel get back into it. I know. And I need to, but I also feel like there's those, I have those similar feelings, but I don't view it the same as like, well, if the doodling doesn't have any purpose, then why am I doing it? I, I feel like the doodling for me and, and you know, playing guitar or whatever, that's the way to quiet my brain because yeah. I don't, I, I, I smoke, I smoke a lot of weed too, um, <laughs> for reasons similar, but it's more because I just can't stop my mind from going. It's always... Yeah doing something it's always worried about i i've coined the phrase uh, uh, uh awfulizing i, I tend to just think of the worst case scenario all the time and just live in that lane that. yeah and uh it's not it's not healthy with um i wanted the the idea of like being restless uh and needing to get stuff done it's it's really depends on like where you're at in life like i was really depressed in 2019 and beforehand and so I, actually before 2019 I was constantly making so much stuff, but I was all over the place. I went through this phase in like 2016. Actually, I remember I was chalk painting furniture at the same time at like as doing drip pour painting with acrylic paint at the same time as doing realistic portraits of Rihanna and Beyonce. And at the same time, I was doing like three other I was drawing like these witches. I was I was doing like this realistic doll kind of I was also learning clay like hmm. I was all over the place and I was just putting it out there. I wasn't even, there was nothing pointed about it. You were and it a was jazz all kind of, artist. I was, yeah, I was a painting jazz artist. Yeah. <laughs> but to your point about guitar and music, I, over the past few years, I've learned music in 2019. Uh, actually one thing that really helped me out of my depression was taking singing lessons where I was getting more in touch with my breathing and I was stretching and learning about my posture and standing up straight. And like all of this stuff that really kind of informed my um sadness in this weird way where i was i was pushing on my diaphragm not letting myself be sad i was getting energy out of my mouth and and music in that way i through that i learned piano because you have to learn i you don't have to but you learn the scales for doing singing lessons and through the scales i i had this weird moment where i 
I learned, I was like, I think I could play piano if I tried. And so I learned a few songs and I quickly, within like 10 days, I knew how to play like 10 songs. And I was, I remember recording it. I was like, no one's going to believe me in a couple of years when, when I tell them I just learned piano in 10 days. And so I recorded these videos to show that uh, I learned piano. It was like a past life thing for sure. I, I just fully understand, like, I don't need to look, I don't need to like understand the different i just kind of get it i if you tell me where b is i can figure out what b is um or if you tell me the chords of the song i can figure it out in this weird way where i was not trained i grew up learning how to play music classically in a concert band i played the trumpet but i picked up the guitar and other other instruments and i learned all of those by ear and i just kind of i just needed to be given a direction and so if it fascinates me when people that have that same kind of ability to just pick something up and get going. So do you keep up with playing the piano now? I do. I do. I like it. Um, as like a what you said, where you, you, it turns your brain off or you said something different. You said like, it keeps you like sane. Yeah. I, I actually feel I'm, you know, having done the visual art and acoustic art, knowing the differences, the way I see it is that I've had this belief for a few years now. I think that music is the future of all arts because a song can get stuck in your head, but a painting cannot get stuck in your head, no matter what. If a painting is on a wall, it's artwork. But if a painting is on the ground facing away from you, it's a canvas. And song and music is so much more timeless than that. It, it sticks with you whether it's playing or not. And I think that there's something about making music that feels good to make it. But the act of making music is the thing. Yeah. But the act of making artwork fucking sucks. They are, I mean, like the act <laughs> of making visual art, it sucks. No one likes it. It's the whole struggle. time I'm making a painting, I'm like, this doesn't look good. This is not her nose. This is not the way the color should be. All this like criticism. But when you're playing music, you're just like, I'm in it. Oh, wow. It's been two hours. Yeah. Music is the art over time. And it's almost like it paints paints picture as yeah. over I, time. I mean, one I second. There's a way to connect. But even just the BPM, the simple act of everyone being on the same time, mm-hmm. that's a connection point that everyone has. Mm. Not everyone has the same connection as the color blue or whatever the portrait is. Right. You go from a major key for everybody being happy to a minor key, and it's just a quick little flip. And it'll yeah. just change that emotion. Yeah fascinating stuff i I love it and i'm so jealous i want to learn the piano so bad but i just haven't had the patience to just sit down and do it oh you can easily pick it up well i wanted to actually bring that up you said how do you balance you know doing this all this stuff and when i was when i was fully depressed i didn't (laughs) i just went home and sat in bed and did nothing for hours but and maybe it does come with age i think that when I was in college, I learned a lot. When I moved into a, an apartment after the dorms, that's when I realized free time is where everything happens. The you know you don't have to go to from class to your dorm. You go from class to your home, and then you have all this space. Mm-hmm. And and then through after college now and living this life, and I really still think all of that. I I come home or mom, I'm always, I'm always home, <laughs> but I I finish my work and I think okay, now I have a few hours to kind of do whatever I want. And I could either sit here and do nothing or I can play piano for a couple hours or I can be on the phone for a couple hours. And I try not to let myself feel bad about any of it. I just try and feel good about what the decision is. If I'm not cleaning my room and I should be cleaning my room, 
feel good about not cleaning your room. <laughs> That's where I try and focus my energies. That is definitely one of those obstacles at first, especially for a person who has a type A personality. But mm-hmm. for, for for me, at least, it was a it took a long time for me to feel uh, to not feel guilty about just doing nothing. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. just a couple of weeks ago or last month um, in February was the first time I had a vacation where I didn't have any plans, anywhere to go, anybody around. I was complete, you know, living on my own. And and I, it was amazing. I, I woke up whenever I wanted to, rolled out of bed as as slowly as I wanted to. I still cleaned. I still made, you know, I still made dinner and breakfast and I still took my animals out and, and took care of them and everything. But yeah. it was so nice just to be able to fill all of that time with, I don't know, maybe doing Marvel movie marathons. That's like literally yeah. the only I just th- got into the Marvel movies. Have you seen WandaVision yet? I uh, see. I've, I've started it with WandaVision. I started watching it only because a friend told me to watch it. And I watched the first episode and I was like, ugh, I wish they didn't tell me to continue watching this because <laughs> I really don't want to. And after four episodes, I was like, oh, I see why this is so cool. And then by the end, it's fully just Marvel superhero blockbustery nonsense, oh. but I loved it. And it made me watch like six Marvel movies since then. <laughs> I was like, I got to catch up. I got to know about this. They're so, so good. They're, they're perfectly mindless. There there's plenty yeah. of action. They're beautiful. And there there's a range of emotions that, you know, you, you just get to just sit back and just enjoy the ride, which is I, why I like it. When I was a child and I used to draw those pictures after hours <laughs> in my after hours child time, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I would trace superheroes. That was the, I think the biggest reason why I'm a designer is because I would trace X-Men growing up. I would find fan art online or in books and I would trace it. I would tell my friends that I wasn't tracing it, obviously, right. but I would trace it and I would, I would give it him or her a new costume and then I would create new powers for them. And then I, maybe I would have printed out like a logo on a piece of paper from my, like I would go into Word I would print out the word mutants in different fonts, all these different ugly fonts. And then I would print that out and I would draw mutants on this as if it was the cover of a movie. And I didn't realize then, but I was creating an entire story with one image. I was trying to create a plot with characters and um, goals in mind and stuff like that. But um, that's such a heady vision for a young kid, because that's exactly what they do with movie posters. They right. They they try to tell a story in that one image. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I can't animate. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't think of that through either. I, I was just like, well, I like costumes and I like superpowers and I like, I want to be a superhero. I want to draw my friends. Right. <laughs> Maybe I, I would draw a whole super team. Like that would be my life. <laughs> That's awesome. Your dog. We didn't talk about your dog enough. Uh, BB, right? Everyone wants a little bit of her. Yes, yeah. BB. And uh, she's a barkless African dog. What, what, what's the yeah. official name? See, that's a great example of why I say she's a Basenji. Basenji. And whenever people ask, they're like, what's a Basenji or what kind of dog you have? I say, it's, she's a Basenji. She's an Af- they're from Africa and they're a barkless dog. And I say that because I know people will forget Basenji, but uh, you remembered African and barkless. So that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just one of those dog names. You know, it's not Lab. It's not yeah. Shepherd. It's funny that you, you say, you know, you bring your dog to the dog park and you try to be, you know, as antisocial as possible because they're 
your dog is basically a magnet for attention. And Walt's She's such a hoe, yeah. Walter is a hoe as well. He's got <laughs> legs for days and he just mm-hmm. he turns all the heads mm-hmm. and everybody's like, Oh, is that a beetle? Beautiful dog. He's a beautiful dog, but he's he's got a breed name that it's a mushmouth experience. Treeing Walker Coonhound. It's just not okay. it slip off of the tongue. And Walter kind of adds to that W Walker Walter, the the like yeah. it was tough to remember. Yeah, that's actually my my boss. He calls him a treeing Walter Coonhound instead of a Walter. Yeah, that's Walker. that sounds more appropriate. Right. That would make it easier, I think. Yeah. He's at my feet as we speak. He's mm. always with me. He's a shadow of mine. Mm. But uh how old is uh BB? BB is um she just turned a year. She I got her she was born in January and I got her in March and it's we just uh, we spent a whole year together and Basenjis are an interesting breed because they say that they're really Im- impossible to train. They say that they're really um, standoffish and not friendly. They say that they hate water. They say that female Basenjis are especially difficult. Um, hmm. And having said all that, BB has been really easy to train. She's the sweetest <laughs> sweetheart. She loves dogs, all dogs, all people. She will likely, I hope she never gets kidnapped. I'm nervous someday. She's like so friendly that she's likely to just go off with everyone. And so I Lady, keep a lot, a lot, a really strong eye on her. <laughs> Lady Gaga's dogs got, got taken down there in LA. Yeah. So I know BB. Funny you mentioned that her birthday was yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. It's an Aries also. Happy birthday, Gaga. Um, and you could, you could actually follow BB's adventures on Instagram, right? Yes. At Basenji bitch. B-A-S-E-N-J-I-B-I-T-C-H. Yes. I, um, actually had that account name for her before she was born. Really? And yeah, before she was born, she had like 40 followers just from the name. I was like, wow, this name is really working. Well, people looking for Basenjis, that's probably like one of the things that came up at the top of the list, right? I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was like because it was an empty account with no images, <laughs> <laughs> but people liked it. What made you decide this particular breed? I fell in love with a few different shelter dogs uh, a couple of years before getting BB. I fell in love with the Husky and I fell in love with this mutt at the dog at the shelter. They wouldn't let me have them because at the time my roommates had a cat and they were just really particular at this shelter about letting big dogs go to a place with a cat or with kids. I don't know why they were so weird about it, but I understand. And so my heart was broken by falling in love with these two shelter dogs. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to a breeder. Everyone says to adopt a dog, but I've been shafted twice. So I'm just going to look up like, what's a good apartment dog? I Googled apartment dog and Basenji was the first on the list. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's look up this dog. They, everything about the Basenji for me was perfect when I read about it. Um, they're from Egypt, which is awesome. They're like this uh, Pharaoh kind of kingly dog, mm-hmm. which you see them and you're like, oh yeah, you do look like that. There's like all these sculptures in ancient Egypt about Basenjis. And they're a barkless dog, which I loved in, innately. Like my dog growing up was a, a mix between a beagle and a collie. And she was super insecure and oh my God. Like, barked so much. Ooh. And I love her. She died actually last year. Oh. But I think a big part of why I wanted a Basenji was because I trained my dog growing up. Her name was Chai Chai, rest in peace. I trained her a lot growing up when I was 14. And I had all these hangups about how to train a dog properly. And I always, I love training dogs. I I love dogs and I love the nature of 
training an animal like that. So I love the more neurotic, the better, the more insecure, the better I can train that dog. It's, or it can be fun for me anyways. Um, but with getting a Basenji, I just waited over a year and no matter what the breed was, I was planning on making them a healthy, happy, well-rounded dog. I, I spent a year watching training videos, like nonstop, just obsessing over the ways to make sure that your dog was going to end up good. And even with all that, I was really strict. I do think that I did a good job, but also she just happened to be an amazing little creature. She makes it easy. There's something to be said about putting in all that effort and all that work, you know what the breed is and, and, you know, preparing for all of those nuances that that particular breed brings on. But until you get that dog and especially when you get it as a puppy, uh, it's, it's a, it's a completely different experience because it's all based off of intuition and, you know, how your energies feed off of each other. Now there are those traits in, in the breeds that could make it a little bit more difficult or a little bit easier to do, but you know, it's amazing the relationship, the symbiosis between the dogs and, and people. She, she makes it easy, but she, like as a breed, the breed parts of her, that makes it pretty difficult. Yeah. But I'm also here for it. I really like it. Yeah. I like how she keeps me on my toes. She makes me, you know, I have to go out at least once a day. I, I go out three times a day to take her on walks, but I go out at least once to let her run like a maniac because she needs it. And I like to manage her energy like that. And we trust each other in that way. Yeah, not many people are up for the challenge, which is why yeah. I think my, my dog, Walter, he was abandoned at a dog park and he was shuffled around from a couple of different houses because of, you know, similar reasons, but because people weren't willing to put in that work. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, exactly. And, yeah. and I've seen that happen with, I, I see that all the time now too. When I take my dog to the park, I, I see all these people who are, insecure about their dogs interacting with other dogs and and all i can think is oh sorry for you (laughs) i don't know how to help (laughs) i try and help though i love actually going up to some dog owners who have big insecure dogs who are like like cause a ruckus and i I actually like to really connect with them I, i i go right to them and i like to talk with them for a while like oh it seems like your dog is trying to be defensive and protect you and mm-hmm. i like to overthink it i think someday i might become a basenji breeder or a trainer or something Who knows? Wow. when i'm a stay-at-home dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that seems to be the challenge at dog parks is finding people open enough to hear you out at least to be like well maybe somebody has something that can help me in this process of socializing dogs because there are some people who are who basically treat their dogs like kids and like i know what's best for my dog this isn't how dogs play even though that's that's how they play but in san francisco you know there's a major homeless population that can cause a ruckus here and there but i have had the worst moments with dog owners way worse than any crazy person on the street like dog owners can get really weird and really awkward really fast that does not surprise me in the least that's they that's why i go at like at specific times it's rare that i go to dog parks on the weekend it's like when i know that this particular place is going to be less busy the weekend warriors that go to the dog parks uh, on the weekends have their dogs all cooped up throughout the week and they don't know you know how to socialize their dogs and they just end up causing trouble and man it's i've i've gotten so many horror stories specifically because of the people like there's rarely ever been an instance probably never an instance where my dogs have actually gotten into fights it's always the people overreacting oh absolutely the people get really weird the other day at the dog park in san francisco there's this new one that's huge um it's in golden gate park and there's this there's a small dog who was like having a great time and he was he was like a small doodle or something 
And he was luring in all these big dogs because he was kind of overexcited. And the big dogs were obviously all really interested in this overexcited tiny dog. And they were all having a good time. From me, my perspective, I was seeing all the dogs were enjoying every bit of it. They were biting each other. They were wrestling with each other, but they were loving it. And this owner, this dog owner of the doodle started screaming. He was like, whose dog is this? Who fucking dog is this? Get this dog out of here. You should fucking get that dog out of here. Blah, blah, blah. And the most annoying thing about this is that this dog park has two separate fenced areas. So one is for small dogs and one is for big dogs. And this guy was like leaning up against the door to the other. Like you could be yelling or you could just walk into that fucking area. And then he did. And we were everyone in the park was like aware of him for like 40 more minutes. Like, why are you yelling? Everyone's just going to be looking at you now. <laughs> <laughs> just making it awkward for yourself, bud. The other day I, I saw a big Doberman come through. He had like a shock collar on and he had a prong collar. And it wasn't the Doberman part that threw me. It was the, the collars. Like when dogs have multiple collars, I'm, I just I'm more aware. And it was. Yeah a big Doberman. So he was running up at BB and very excited. And BB was kind of in a place where she was like, I don't like this. This hmm. is kind of too much. And so I checked, I, I asked very politely, but kind of loud. I was like, excuse me, whose dog is this? Whose dog is this? And he came over to me, the owner and was like, Oh, sorry. Is he doing something? And I was like, Oh no, he's not doing anything. No, it's totally fine. I was just checking. I just needed to check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's all that we need to do. Like we just need to check sometimes. And it's all about keeping your emotions in check. And when your dog or your baby or whatever you consider them is being threatened and you don't know how to handle it, we sometimes need to kind of manage our emotions and figure out what's how to handle that. And uh, and breaking the ice like that, just by making yourself aware that, hey, I want to know yeah. whose dog this is so that yeah. when something, if something happens, but it also just, it, 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 um, smooth things over so that you know you're not necessarily confrontational you just want to know yeah. make yourself known because people can be so standoffish at dog parks i mean i i can be because of you know for my own reasons doing that 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 spatial awareness and reading the room is definitely i mean that could be applied in all angles of life right yeah it should it yeah. should man we, we we could probably talk all day um i know it's good sometimes we should just like talk all day sometimes <laughs> let, like, that sounds good um, but before we, we go, I, I do want to uh, bring up your podcast one more time. And there's an Instagram you can follow it, at Reality Woo Woo. Is that how it is? Yeah. Okay. Reality Woo Woo. Right. I don't know if that's easy to say or not. Is it? it? Reality Woo Woo. I just think that, yeah, it's got a good ring to it. It's funny. I, I think I mentioned this to you when we met. I I had never heard the term woo woo before. I've, my whole life, I've never heard that. I guess I just live it too much. Right. <laughs> um, but when I was uh, initially coming up with this with Danya, she was like, what do you think about the name Reality Woo Woo? And I was like, sure, whatever. I don't care. What's Woo Woo? And and in our meeting, you before I ever mentioned the podcast or anything, you said something like, yeah, all this Woo Woo stuff. And I think you said it twice in our meeting where mm -hmm. I was like, that's so funny. He doesn't even know the, my podcast yet. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's been one of the easier ways of you know bringing up. The, the spirituality energy work, yeah, yeah. you know, exactly. the all encompassed. I feel like there's so much that I, I still need to experience, but it's only been, I mean, in reality, I've only been awake to it for about seven years. And so it's, it's still so, so um, foreign to me, but at the same time, it's so natural. I think that's why things yeah. seem to be resonating so, so well. Um, well, I think that there's something about, 
on our note about like past lives and whatnot, a few years ago, I, I read some stuff that I won't get into. It's way too woo woo. It's like deep woo woo. (laughs) And I read some stuff that made me feel like, um, more alien and separated from the world because of how much it was impacting me. It was, it was like too much realness and, and it was all esoteric out there ideas. Um, and, and when I was learning about it, I, I learned that I learned a few different things from it, but one of them was that when you, when you respond or when you, when you hear stuff that you find familiar at a spiritual sense and you, and your response is, um, like excitement and that kind of unknowing something about it, it's cause you've gone through that before you've understood this learning before and you're being gravitated towards it because you want it again. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we go through lifetimes where we don't ever, um, find astrology interesting, or maybe we go through lifetimes where we meet only brand new people and we don't interact with people who we've known before. But, uh, I doubt that actually, I think that every lifetime we probably have <laughs> like lots of connections that are leading us into the next place. And, um, when you find something like that, that's like, that's confusing and not tangible and not able to be grounded in a fact, but you know that there's something in it that feels really right. You have to go with it and understand more of it. Otherwise it'll just be, it's like a relationship when you're trying to break up with someone or you're trying to date someone. I like the breakup relationship better. If you're trying to break up with someone and you're like, I don't know if I should break up with them or not. You're not going to break up with them until you break up with them. Right. <laughs> and, and if you do, and you're, you're either going to get back together or you're never going to get back together again. And if you get back together, then you're not really broken up. So I, I, I think that way about like some of these esoteric sciences where yeah. it's like if you if you find astrology interesting and you keep going back to it, whether you try and push it away or not, you're always going back to it. You have this spiritual connection with something. Maybe it's astrology. Maybe it's Sparta. Maybe it's something else. But there's something inside you that you're trying to find. And, and through these other outlets you're finding more about it and whatever and whatever that is is speaking to you through those channels because whether we like it or not there is i I think in my belief there is so there's a higher calling for us as individuals and honestly i i've talked about this a little bit with other um woo-wooians about (laughs) um about the fact that we're in school when we're on this plane of existence that our mm-hmm. our spirits and our souls are are here to learn the lessons that we didn't learn last time and yeah. sometimes yes. we have to live through those cycles over and over again where you know that you get into things like deja vu and and uh, uh synchronicities and how things can line up because maybe we have experienced it or it is literally you're on the right path and you need to keep trusting your intuition because a lot of this really is about intuition, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, all we have are our beliefs and what we feel is true. Yeah. And to that note, also strangely, my friend that I broke up with (laughs) a few years ago that like I got this tattoo with that we bonded so well with, um, I, I left your, my interaction with you and I mentioned that to a couple of friends. And one of the things that came up in those conversations were Brandon must have really hated my old friend in the past life. Hmm. Like I was friends with him for like seven years, but you chose in this life to not know anything about him yeah. <laughs> so far. And hmm. so you must have had like 
knowledge that I didn't have. And I needed to go through that with him and understand that he fucking, he has some battles of his own to deal with. But I, I, I just assumed that because if we were in Sparta, we must have all been a team. And yeah. <laughs> there's something about that that kind of felt like vindicating to me. I felt like, um, oh, good. Like, I they're not on his team. <laughs> right. And <laughs> I, I had and maybe that's like the maybe that's the similar effect that I was describing earlier about me feeling detached and not being able to feel, mm. um, you know, accepted or, or feeling so broken that I'm not going to be. Um, a part of anybody else's, you know, whatever, just the fact that I, I just was, my, my life had changed completely from what I'd known it to be because I put so much energy and time into this one person that how could I possibly be anything to anybody else? So to, to be seen that day was, Mm -hmm. was that springboard that I needed to feel, you know what? Yeah. This guy probably hated my ex too you know and i probably it, did <laughs> right and so i needed to learn how to to be with this person and, and get out of it so that i can move on to the next level and ultimately all of these experiences that we go through whether they're good or bad they do level us up to whatever that next place is yeah as long I as think. we as long as we accept that lesson and and, and move yeah. on from it and if we don't accept it it'll just come right back so we might as well go with it i think that the longer you try and put things off the longer it'll take to interact with it. Even again, I don't know why I keep pointing out relationships. If you're interested in someone and, and maybe, or let's say you start dating someone and, and they, I I see this happen a lot with my friends where they're dating someone and they, they're like, Oh, I'm too nervous. I don't want to show them my real side yet. And it takes months to show their real side. The longer you do that, the longer it's just going to take for them to realize whether or not they like you or not. (laughs) So get to that point right away. Decide if you, if like you and I were not supposed to be friends, at least he knows that I I'm way too into astrology or whatever the case, like I can just talk for days at strangers, but if they're interested, then maybe we're not just strangers. I don't know. Or maybe there's potential for more. And I think that that awareness and that uh, curiosity and that wonderment of of what else there is out there is going to help foster bigger, better relationships and and throughout all of our lives, you know. And I think that I think what the last year has taught us, this pandemic that's forced us into solitude and introspection, that we do need each other, but we also need to make sure that we have our energy in check and that we're not giving our energy away to people that are just going to leech off it or, you know, people that are going to take advantage, which that one, yeah, that one felt really strong to me. Don't let people leech off of your energy because they will. And it, and it might not be even intentional. The, these, yeah. these things happen because we are human and we don't know necessarily, we aren't all equipped with that uh, transcendentalism that makes us so aware of, of the effects that we have on our surroundings but we can certainly try to understand yeah. it and and along the way um you know lift each other up and and raise those vibrations and if, if in the end of all of this we all die and it's just nothingness at least we had a good time over here exactly <laughs> talking about talking about not nothingness right and this just makes me wonder like what i i imagine this was what it was like before technology before you know, but back when Socrates was Socratesing and, you know, Plato's was was playing with Plato and they're all really (laughs) thinking these deep, this deep stuff, but they didn't, they didn't have anything else to go off of, but like the physical, uh, the physical evidence around them, you know? Yeah. The sun comes up every morning is what they had. Right. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) 
we have microphones and screens. I don't know how the screen works. No, we have we have the internet. And we have connection to us to each other instantly at any given time, which is profound. And I think that we need to be responsible with this type of connectiveness and and use it to um, a, a greater advantage Agreed. than you know. Twenty twenty allowed that for us. Yeah. It was the first time I ever felt in the history of my weird, lonely, alien vibes <laughs> that 2020 was the first time everyone in the world was thinking about the same things at the same time, at least in March. We were all kind of like like concerned and, and on the same level for once ever. Mm-hmm. Now we're kind of like spreading out again. Some of us are kind of forgetting about things. Some of us are kind of really still interested in other things. But um, the, the thing that I've really connected with most is more and more people are trying to connect. Yeah. On deep levels, on deeper levels. Yeah. And the only other time that we're ever going to feel that same way, like we did in March, where we felt like we were thinking about the same thing, mm-hmm. is that once aliens finally make themselves known, park mm-hmm. themselves out on the on the White House lawn and say, take me to your leader. And yes. That, until then, you know, I think that we're going to ebb and flow into this togetherness. <laughs> You know, I really hope do. they land on like Beyonce and Jay Z's lawn. It oh. would be way more interesting. I would I would prefer for Oprah or Beyonce or someone to be a representative way more than a political figure in America. It, it would be a much more you know pleasant. There might might be a party. You know, you never know. Yeah. Or just like you know, understand humanity at a deeper level, yeah, not like just that. what the politics want to say. I like that. Well, Shaheen, it, it's been a pleasure. I, I, like I said, we could talk all day. Maybe, maybe we have you on as a, uh, as a regular guest, and maybe we can have a, yeah. a Danya on on here one time. Yeah. yeah, Danya would like that. Like I said, you, your Pisces, you have a Pisces moon sign like me, and you have a Sagittarius rising sign like Danya. You don't have to know what that means, but we know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so if she were to join, we'd get it. That would be awesome. Yeah, no, that that would be really great. And um, th- th- again, thank you for. Just after a random happenstance meeting, uh, having some faith in me and and continuing to um, stay in contact, but also doing this with me. I I honestly don't know. I I think that we have maybe made some uh, ripples in the pond a little bit. into something and then other people who are interested and open they're gonna hear this they they just heard it yeah um and if you want to check out uh shaheen's podcast it's reality woo woo it's available now on spotify and anchor uh is it is it available everywhere else as well or is it spotify apple music i put it on soundcloud also not that anyone cares but it's there (laughs) cool um all, all the avenues uh, that you can probably think of. And I'll, I'll put all of the links up in our show notes as well on this episode. Um, Shaheen, thank you. And uh, it's it's been a pleasure. And I hope that this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, it certainly is. I know it is. All right. Thank you, Shaheen. Yeah, thank you. Namaste, bitches. The rad 